story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And I'm here today with Lauren Nelson, the mother of two and a wife of a pastor. She has a religion degree from Pacific Lutheran University and 20 plus years of ministry experience with children, teens, and adults. Lauren authored a children's book entitled She Rose of the Bible and is passionate about sharing the stories of these heroic women to inspire young and old with the faith that overcome their fears. How are you doing today, Lauren? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be talking to you today on our program. So tell me a little bit about your journey to God and where things started for you. Yeah, well, for me, I was raised in a Christian home. I had a loving mom and dad and a twin sister. So it was just the four of us. Mm-hmm. And I just have the best memories of my dad reading me Bible stories at night. And he would always have the most animated voice when he was reading. I remember him reading me the story of Samuel and, you know, and God calling out to Samuel and the way that he would say it was just so animated. It just got me to love the scriptures. So home life was great, but then we would travel to go visit some extended family members in another state once or twice a year right. when I was young and everything really changed changed for me when we started traveling to go visit there. So I was probably around four years old. And so everything just was really normal before that. But when I was so between the ages of four and six, we would go and visit these extended family members. So when we would be visiting them, my family would stay in their house and my parents would put my sister and I to sleep and think that they were putting us to sleep safely in a safe Mm. environment. And while we were asleep, some different extended family members who didn't live in this house, but had a house key would come in the middle of the night, um, use their house key to come in and take my sister and I out of our beds and into their car and take us to another location that was a few miles away. So my parents were just asleep, had no idea what was happening, and we would be gone in the middle of the night. It was a family member and his wife that would take us, and they would take us to different locations, but one of them was a home. And at each of these locations, when they would take us, there would be other men and other women that were there and other children that were there against their will. And while we were there, these groups of people, you know, they would do just terrible things. So it included, you know, sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical Mm -hmm. abuse. And the reason that they did this was they were all there for one purpose, which was to worship Satan. I was going to ask you that if when you were talking about that first thought that came to my mind was it was just like an organization bent on serving the devil because they're so engrossed with the evil things like that, because they think it gives them power, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so they did these things, yes, to exert their power and to gain power from the enemy. And so my sister and I were both there and saw horrible things. We experienced horrible things during those times. And so for us, well, I'll speak for myself. For me, obviously, I saw the epitome of fear. I saw the epitome of horror Mm -hmm. and experienced that. And so that became a part of me. 
in many ways. One of the things that these family members would say to me was, you know, if you tell anybody, we will kill you. If you tell anyone, we will kill your family. And so, you know, as a child, you learn very quickly to forget what you saw in order to protect yourself and to protect others. So for me, that's what I did. I repressed my memories until I was in middle school. And, you know, there was a trigger. I I saw an extended family member that triggered me to remember these memories that I I hadn't seen this person in years. And so when I saw them, it just began to trigger these memories in me and my sister. So we both started to remember at the same time. So when I was remembering these events that happened, it was like a floodgate of fear and a floodgate of nightmares began to come and memories of the abuse. And I responded by completely clamming up and becoming isolated. I pushed my family away. I pushed my sister away. I became incredibly angry. So for me, the the three huge things that I struggled with was fear, shame, and anger. And I think those are really common for people who've experienced abuse in any way um, or even trauma of any form that you feel fearful and that shame of feeling dirty and like there's something wrong with me. And those are tools that the enemy uses, right? Absolutely. Regularly. Regularly. Absolutely. Yeah. And well put. I mean, it is the enemy. And so he was coming at me full force in middle school. And so I pushed everyone away. I was very isolated. But the sweetest thing was that the only one that I would let in was Jesus. And so he made himself so real to me as a young middle schooler. I experienced him through dreams, would come to me in dreams and tell me, you know, that he loved me and Mm. just would remind me that he had a calling for my life. I had dreams that made it very clear that I had a calling on my life to set people free from these things. And I didn't even know what that was in middle school. I didn't understand, but it was clear that, that I was made for a purpose. And I had an old hymnal that I would read. I was raised Lutheran. And so I had an old Lutheran hymnal that I would experience the Lord as I would read those hymns. And I just remember crying and just experiencing his love for me through that. And then I also experienced him through the book, the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, that book uh, series C.S. Lewis. by C.S. Yeah. Lewis. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I experienced him in those books of just that escaping, right? Being able to escape the life I was in, going into the wardrobe with Lucy and Edmund and Peter and Susan and meeting Aslan. And for those of you who don't know, some people have really not known that Aslan was Jesus. So when C.S. Lewis wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, he wanted to put a perfect representation of Jesus so that we could understand his right. heart and his love and his fierceness. And so my family had raised me to know that Aslan was Jesus. And so I felt like I encountered Jesus in that way as well. And so he made himself known to me. My relationship with Jesus was very private, very personal until I went to college. Mm-hmm. And in college, I made a public declaration that I was going to follow Jesus. I had moved to another state and at this college, there was a preacher that preached and he preached the full gospel. He preached everything that happened to Jesus, that he died, the horrors that he went through for Mm -hmm. me. 
And he said, if you want to receive Jesus, do not just raise your hand. I want you to stand up and make a public declaration. And before I even knew it, I was on my feet (laughs) and I didn't even have time to think about it. I was standing (laughs) and I was like, yes. (laughs) So that was the beginning of my public declaration that yes, that Jesus died for me. Like I was raised in the church, but somehow I had missed that power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard it, I truly know what it means to be born again, because I felt like my life truly started from that point forward. I got plugged into a church that was a part of that ministry that I got born again in. Right. And through that church, I experienced the love of Jesus in powerful ways. Because remember, for me, I had experienced rejection and shame through the abuse that I went through. And even during the abuse, one of the mental abuses that they did, I I have memories of is the group of people there saying these things to me. But this one person who I thought I could trust, who was very different at night than he was during the day, he said things like, you're so ugly, you're worthless, Mm -hmm. you are, you know, a piece of you know, and and using horrible words. And I remember being so confused and going, I, I am like, I didn't understand that, but it soaks in as a child, you just soak those words in. And so I took that into who I was. And so in college, when I'm having these people in my church, they're praying for me and they're praying me through a lot of these memories that are coming up and they're praying really for deliverance from fear and anger and shame and that dirtiness that, that you feel and that I felt. And so them knowing me and knowing everything that I went through and still loving me was so healing. It helped me to understand the Lord's love for me even greater. And so, you know, I experienced a lot of freedom in that regard. Oh, and then even just in my prayer times with the Lord and with these people, God really showed pictures in my mind of him being with me during the abuse. And so I think a lot of times we can feel, and I felt so alone and scared, but when he would bring me back into those memories, he would show me that he was with me, that he walked with me through the pain and through the suffering. And the thing about the scriptures that it makes it incredibly clear that Jesus does not shy away from terrible things. He experienced them himself. Yes. He experienced that himself, even to the point of death where he died, but he saw the horrendous things. He walked with people through awful, hard things that other people went through as well as himself. And so for me, I found him in the midst of my mess, in the midst of my pain, he met me and he showed me that he was with me and he was present. And I know that's what the Lord wants your listeners to know as well, is that he is with them in the middle of the hard things that they're going through. And if you people here that are listening have ever experienced fear or ever experienced that pain or that anger due to trauma that you've experienced, whether it's the death of a loved one or um, sexual abuse or physical abuse, mental abuse, an assault, whatever it was that Jesus was with you and walking with you through that. And as hard as that is to to fully understand, he brings hope and healing and he always gets the victory. So what the enemy wants to cause absolute death and devastation, the Lord promises that he gets the victory in the end. You know, experiencing the love and the prayers of those people from church was so healing to me. And then also like 
into a greater realm of freedom just was when I met my husband Mm. and he began to show me so much love. I mean, he would know the darkest and the deepest of wounds that I had experienced. And yet he chose to love me through that. And it was just another way of understanding the Lord's love for me. And that's what every person deserves. Every person listening here deserves somebody who is going to love you through that to help encourage you and walk you through that. So if you have someone in your life that you can reach out to, to pray with you, I'd encourage you to do that, to pray with somebody, walk, have them walk you through that, those, those feelings of shame and anger and fear, and to recognize that it truly is a scheme of the enemy and that you want to choose the best, what God has for you. And so you're receiving that. And for some of you, maybe you haven't even had a relationship with the Lord. You don't even know him. That's the first step to breakthrough is choosing to say yes to Jesus, to allow him to be the one to come and to heal your heart and to heal the deepest, darkest parts of things that maybe you've chosen to do. And then things that have been done to you that were beyond your fault. And then if you have a relationship with Jesus, he wants to take you to that next level of healing and freedom so that you can come to the other side to receive the fullness of abundance that God has for you and that what he's designed for you. Just the love that he has to personally intervene on a level that you needed is such an awesome thing. So now that you've started on this journey with a new outlook on life, how did your journey from that point continue? Yeah, great question. So my husband became a pastor, which is really cool. So we (laughs) pastor a church here in the state of Washington. You know, we get to speak truth and life to other people and encourage Mm -hmm. them and pray with people through the hard things that they're going through. I have empathy for people who have gone through those difficult times. And then one other thing that the Lord has done in my life in the last few years was he had me become an author. And Mm -hmm. I never thought that that would ever happen. But that journey really started after I had two children and I started to really feel a lot of anxiety. And for people who have gone through trauma, that affects, especially childhood trauma, it affects the way that your body even develops the way your hormones develop, the way cortisol levels in your brain and serotonin and all of that, it affects that. And after having children, that caused my body even more trauma, obviously, to have children. I started to have a lot of anxiety. And so my husband, one night, he, I mean, he just did not know what to do. That the anxiety went on for a couple of years. It was a really difficult time. It was where, you know, I couldn't even get a deep breath in. I just felt like it was all I could do to get out of bed and to not yell at my children who were driving me crazy or having needs, you know, and demands that I just felt like I could not emotionally handle. And I think a lot of moms and dads can relate to that, you know, just feeling quickly. Yes. Yes. And one night my husband just said, you know, can I pray for you? Like, let's pray and just ask God if he wants to speak anything to our hearts. Reluctantly, I said, yeah, okay, let's, let's do it. (laughs) I can't hurt anything. (laughs) Never hurts to go to Jesus. Never hurts to go to Jesus. And so we prayed and, you know, after a couple of minutes, my husband lifted his head and And he said, I just, I hear the Lord calling you an author. 
I was completely surprised by that. I wanted to laugh out loud because it was so ridiculous. And I had never been a good writer. I had no vision for anything other than putting one foot out of my bed at a time and saying yes to, you know, taking care of my kids and just one foot in front of the other. And we were pastors at the time. We were associate pastors at a church at that point. So I was just kind of barely making it through. And when the Lord said that, I just didn't believe it. But my husband said, okay, I know that might be hard, but let's just declare with our mouths that God can do anything he wants to do. So I prayed that and I said, God, this seems impossible to me, but I declare you can do the impossible and you can do that in little old me. So life went on as normal. About a year later, I'm driving in the car with my son and my daughter in the back seat, and we were actually on our way to church. And my daughter said, mom, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, you asked me lots of questions. What's your question? And she said, why are boys more important than girls? And I said, why would you ask that? And she said, because it seems like God thinks that boys are more important than girls because all we ever learn about in church are boys. And her question really struck me. And one of the things that we were learning about in church at that time was about listening to those moments where God is speaking to your heart and saying, okay, God, what are you asking me to do with this? And what am I going to do about it? And so they called it a Kairos moment where God just intervenes in your life. And it's like a lightning bolt just goes off and you go, there's something to this. And I knew that in that moment, when she asked me that question, it was so profound. I knew there was something that God wanted me to do, but I didn't know what it was. So I looked on Google and I searched for a book for my daughter and I only found two at the time. And they were both portraying, both of these books were portraying the women in the Bible as princesses and talked about them being more meek and mild and and quiet. And those are godly attributes, but there's also godly attributes of women who are loud and bold. And so both are courageous and both are just as important. And my daughter is very loud and she's very strong-willed. And I was as a child, very strong-willed and loud and talkative. So I never really understood these women that we would learn about that were kind of quiet and did what they were told. You know, I just didn't always understand that. So I thought I want to teach my daughter about these women like that overcame their fears. Mm. Just like for me, how God had overcome the fears in my life through choosing to trust him and to give my life to him and to trust him with my daily yeses. I wanted to teach her about those women that did the same thing. And so I began to research these women and I wrote down their stories in kind of a fun and a dramatic way and read them to her and she loved it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I know that there's other kids that have this same question that maybe they can't articulate it, but something about church is telling them that they're not as important. And it's so important that we learn about those amazing men, but Mm. it's also important that we learn about these amazing women. And one of the other things that I, that I wasn't loving about the, the books that I was seeing was that all of the images were Caucasian and that wasn't accurate at all you know, not culturally accurate, but also just really does not, it's not inclusive for the whole world. Like I wanted books that were going to go to the entire world and for kids to see themselves in these books and say, if she can do that, I can do that. And she looks like me. And so that was important. So I ended up writing my book and it's called Sheroes of the Bible. It's the women heroes of the Bible. So there's 26 women that I talk about that did heroic things for God. They overcame their own personal fears to follow after him. 
And so I love that. And so there's just story after story. And it's people like maybe you've heard of Deborah, who was a warrior. So you have that, but then you also have Priscilla, who was a preacher, and she loved to teach and share the good news of Jesus with people. And that wasn't a popular thing at the time for a woman to do, but she did. And it was well-received and many came to the Lord because of her. Um, and then you have Mary Magdalene who experienced all sorts of torment. And I relate to her because I, I have a feeling that, that some of the things she was delivered from was anger and fear and shame. Absolutely. And Jesus touched her life and radically healed her. And she became a disciple and she gave of her own money to help support Jesus and his disciples. She followed him. She preached the gospel. And I believe because of her testimony, many were healed and set free in the name of Jesus. So there's just so many women. <laughs> so where's your book available? So my book currently is available on my website, which is laurenlnelson.com. So that's L-A-U-R-E-N and then the letter L. And then Nelson, N-E-L-S-O-N.com. And so you can get a physical copy from there. So I know your audience listens from around the world. And so if you are outside of the United States of America right now, the best way to get a, a copy of the book is to go onto amazon.com or Barnes and Noble and get my ebook. So the e-copy is available through Kindle and, and other options. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to get it right now. And then it will be released to bookstores and on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and every big bookstore, it'll be released in December. So you'll have other ways cool. to be able to get a hold of it. Yeah. But if you're in the United States, go to my website and purchase it there because I do a personal signing of it and you get a bookmark and it's just, it's very personal. And then I write you a handwritten note. Oh, very nice. Uh, that's awesome. A word of encouragement from the author. You know, we talked a lot about difficulties and, and challenges that people face as they go through life, potentially. And we've talked about God's grace, mercy, power, and victory through those situations. So if you could leave our audience with one thing to think about God, what would you say to them? You know, I have a friend that went through some trauma and some hard things, and she ended up going through a recovery program, an addiction recovery program. Mm -hmm. And her counselor said something to her that she told me that just changed everything. He said to her, what's on the other side of fear? And she said, I don't know. And he said, everything you've ever wanted. And that is so striking to me because everything I've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. So fear is a bully. Fear is just this big bully that likes to stand in our path and to try to make us afraid and to move no further. But God has abundance on the other side of that. So how do we get to the other side? How do we get to the other side of fear to get to that abundance to everything we've ever wanted? And it's first, it's saying yes to Jesus and allowing him into your heart. And second, it's saying, I surrender my life to you, God. I surrender my life and I ask you to take control because you know better than I do. And so in that, it's saying, God, what are you asking me to do? And what am I going to do about it? Right? It's that Kairos moment that I had with my daughter where mm -hmm. God is saying, what are you going to do with this nugget that I'm putting in front of you? What are you going to do about it? I mean, what am I speaking? What am I saying? And he's always talking. He's speaking through the word. He's speaking to our hearts through other people, through worship songs. In so many ways, he speaks. And so when something strikes your heart, 
to stop and listen and say, what is God saying? And what am I going to do about it? So that's how you can break through to that side of abundance and experiencing everything that God has for you. Well, that's fantastic. And a lot of truth in what you've just said for people to breach through that fear and that repression and that constant attack of their minds and their hearts and their spirits. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And hopefully we can have you come back sometime in the near future, talk about your book tour and things like that. I would love it. Yeah. And we'll have to stay in touch with, with our show. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. You too.
watching, watching for the king. He is higher, higher than opinion. Jesus, Jesus is his name. I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.